Welcome back to season two of It's All in My Head. I am so excited in this season to have some amazing women join me in sharing their journey with endometriosis. I know for me, sharing my story helps me in healing so much. I hope that those who join me will feel the same way. Hi, I can't wait to share you. Hi, I cannot wait to share with you my conversation today that I had with Kat. She is an amazing woman, an endo warrior, a teacher, and definitely taught me a few things today on functional medicine, on diet, and just taking care of yourself, uh, fighting for yourself. I just enjoyed this conversation so much, and I hope you do too. Here is my conversation with Kat. Hello. Hi, it's Kat. Oh my gosh, it's Amy. I'm so glad to talk to you. You too. (laughs) Thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Oh yeah, I'm glad to. Yeah. Um, So I wanted to start by you just kind of sharing a little bit about yourself um, and then we'll go into your story. Okay. So it's hard to talk about myself. Um, (laughs) I am a teacher. I teach kids with uh, mild forms of disabilities. The job picked me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I live in Northern California my whole life. I was actually born in Santa Rosa. (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, lived most of my life in San Francisco and recently moved further north to take care of my grandma. Oh, that's awesome. How much more do I talk about? I love my dog. No, that's perfect. (laughs) That's perfect. Just because I want, I think what I'm trying to do is interview a lot of different people. And I think, cause we all are going to relate in a different way. So I just think it's cool to just tell a little bit about yourself. Okay. And then I want to just turn it over to you. I want to hear about you and endometriosis, how, um, how, what your symptoms are, how you came about to even know about endometriosis. Um, just your story. Oh, my story. I know. <laughs> uh, well, looking back on it, um, Looking back as far back as I can remember, I started showing signs before I even had a period. (laughs) I never knew it until now. Yeah. But um, right now I do have symptoms. I have, um, of course, the pelvic pain. Um, I don't only get period pelvic pain and cramping, but I get cramping usually at least one once a day. But I get it almost every day. I can tell it's really, I feel like stress can make it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say feel because, you know, it's all in our heads. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Uh, now. But, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I get the pain. Uh, I get, you know, I still have digestive troubles. Like, it, it, it changes. I go in between like the nausea, the vomiting, the constipation, the diarrhea. I mean, heartburn. I have a very restricted diet. I pretty much limit it to eating meats, vegetables, and healthy fats. Mm-hmm. And I don't actually call myself like a paleo eater or a keto eater, like nothing like that. I just really try to focus on eating meals that are thoroughly nutritious yeah I'm not looking for like substitutions I'm looking for nutrition 
So, um, and that's where I've gotten the most relief for all of my symptoms is through my diet and lifestyle changes. Yeah. Hate to, hate to say it, but yeah, it's so true. And how did you easy. come, how did you find that diet to work for you? Cause I feel like so many of us have, we try all these different diets and it's not one size fits all. Yeah. So I started having digestion troubles before I was even an adult. Um, mm-hmm. I actually ended up in the emergency room when I was 14 and that lots of times since then from, um, digestive issues specifically, uh, and so for a long time, I mean, over 20 years, I've been on so many different types of diets, like mm-hmm. bland diets, FODMAP diets, um, I don't know, uh, API, carnivore, vegan, vegetarian. I mean, I have done everything under the rainbow. <laughs> um and, you know, luckily it's been easy to be on different types of diets living in California. I do recognize, you know, we have access to a lot more um, fresh produce and like varieties of foods because of um, more open importing, importing things, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do recognize and count those blessings. But um, uh, to get to the specific diet that I have now... I um, discovered a woman in Canada who um, had a lot of, I guess, estrogen dominant issues herself. She had almost died from a surgery due to fibroids. She has Hashimoto's. Oh, jeez. You know, so she's like, even though she doesn't have endometriosis, she has all the different struggles other women with hormonal issues have. Unfortunately, there's the autoimmune part component Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, anyway, but she studied, uh, like functional nutrition and she was, uh, I guess an acupuncturist. And so she just started sharing it with an online community of women, noticing more and more women are like, help, help, help. Yeah. Modern medicine is making me sicker. (laughs) And so she had, uh, presented like what she calls a supplement protocol, Um, some basic lifestyle change recommendations. And then she offered like a specific diet, um, list in which she also offers like a thousand or more page cookbook for various. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's pretty extensive. It's actually quite amazing. The cookbook is amazing. Um, and it helped me learn to eat not just the same like 10 or dozen vegetables I was comfortable eating, but it helped me to learn to every time I go into the market to buy a different group of vegetables every time. Yeah. And so that's just kind of like what I do with my meats and vegetables at this point. Um, And I've even started eating a lot of weird animal parts <laughs> which I was one that would never do that ever like I mean I spent most of my life vegetarian so the fact that I eat like chicken feet and cow hearts and like chicken livers and like oh my you know, god I'm doing it but it's it helps it's working yeah. like yeah better than anything else I mean I was on proton pump inhibitor drugs mm-hmm. for like 20 years and yeah. getting sicker and 
um taking huge high high doses of those things like yeah high doses so like the fact that I'm totally off those for the first time in my life I'm like yes the diet is helping finally yeah I don't have the constipation and diarrhea like daily like now I might get Mm -hmm. like about here and there like at most a few times a month you know yeah and of course in those times I also recognize that I have other stressors and I might have even fallen off the bandwagon in my diet mm-hmm. but yeah that's so. so cool how long did you how long when you did the diet how long did you notice like it took to like start seeing a change so I after four days, I was very strict. I wasn't like kind of on the wagon, kind of. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to try this for three straight months. That was my mindset. I said, I will do it at any cost. I need help. I need to feel better. And so I just committed that I will do it. I can do this for three months. And before that time, I had already from a gastroenterologist, I'd already been on a gluten-free diet. So I was at least um, versed in those ways. Um, I think it would have been a lot harder had I not already been gluten free. But um, so I just committed. I was like, I'm going to try this for three months. And after my first four days of fully implementing that diet, I saw changes. And before that point, I was on like a dozen different prescriptions. I was taking, um, you know, nausea medications. I was taking insomnia medications. I was taking... um, pain medications and you know I mean just a dozen different ones and after four days I was fully off all of those for the first time in like decades so that's amazing yeah. and so it's so cool yeah and like I mean like, I go back and forth it's not perfect I'm still fit, <laughs> yeah but nothing's worked better that's all I can say for my in my case nothing yeah so I'm like even though it's very hard to um maintain in terms of like access to the standard American diet options. Yeah. I um it's just not worth feeling terrible. I I just will not go back at this point at all. Yeah. Like at, at any it's, cost. It's so crazy because our diet is I think it is affects so many people, period, but especially with endo, it does affect it. And especially in America, that's yeah. all you do with friends is eat and drink, yes, eat and drink. Right. And when you're, it's like so hard to change that yes. mindset. We are such for people. A, it's like, yeah, we're such a grazing yeah. culture. Yes. <laughs> Can't you just sit and talk to me without having to shove your face? Yes. It, it, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's hard. It's so that's crazy. the hard part. Yeah, it is. It um, is hard. I find myself eating very, very huge amounts in a sitting so that I can go out and do things the rest of the day, like yeah. with friends yeah. and not like <laughs> stars. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it's funny. But... Oh my gosh, it's so true. Yeah. So that kind of goes into my next question. Who or what gives you the most support with your endometriosis? Oh man, that's hard. Um, you know, I have a family that's that they love me. We love each other. We're, um, it's a massive family. I have tons of brothers and sisters, you know, I mean, I, I, I definitely have an atypical American family, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, but we are not super personable people. We're not like, Oh, let me give you a hug. Let me take care of you. We're not that type of a family. Um, yeah. we're like pull, pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and survive. Like that's the type of family mm-hmm. mentality we have. And so like, when it comes to leaning on someone for like support, like that does not come natural to me. I'm just really stubborn and do it on my own for on your yeah. own. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, I have dark days, but, um, you know, I do have to admit like the women, unfortunately, I hate to say it, we're all stuck in this community, but the women in this community have been very helpful. Like when I, when oh. I've been in crisis, yeah. I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I can go another day. And so I have to give <laughs> endometriosis sufferers credit for that. <laughs> Totally. Cause we understand yeah. each other. We, and the same thing is like, you may not have the same exact symptom as someone else, but you know, that pain and that aloneness. Yeah. Cause really even your family, which I have a great family and love them dearly. They don't get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they, they want to, they want to cure us. They want to help us, Yes, but they feel helpless. Yeah. And I don't really want to make people feel helpless. Like sometimes I just need to vent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, and my <laughs> venting might seem like crisis and it might seem like what some people can interpret as possibly suicidal, but I'm like, no, it's not. It's just like, I just need to get it out. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. When were, were you officially diagnosed um, with endometriosis by surgery or have you had surgery before? Yeah. So I've had, I've had a lot of my surgical stuff before I was actually officially diagnosed through an actual surgery for endometriosis excision, mm-hmm. I had had other types of surgeries related to the digestion issues. Oh. Um, and I've had surgeries from the top all the way through to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't believe with as many as those of I've, as I've had, I mean, at least half a dozen that no one ever saw endometriosis. I mean, it was just, it's amazing, but, um, I actually diagnosed myself mm-hmm. and then had gone to doctors. So I spent a lengthy part of my life. So uh, let me back up. I, mm-hmm. um, the first time I'd gone to a doctor for period pain, I may have been around 23 or 24 and I tried the birth control suggestions and they were just horrendous. I had so many more side effects and I was sick in so many more ways. I just, cause I just could feel myself getting sicker from those options, not better. And so I kept going back to doctors. I mean, maybe a handful of times and they were just unable to like, give me any other support or solutions and like kind of chalked it up to be like, this is just the way it is. (laughs) And so I didn't go back for like, I don't know. I mean, at least eight years, I did not go back to a doctor. I just was like, I'm going to do this on my own. I don't know what else to do. And unfortunately I did treat my pain with like excessive amounts of ibuprofen. Like, I mean, I was so scared sometimes that I would, you know, poison myself on those things. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, like sometimes I would be like, is today the day I need to go to the poison control center? (laughs) Like seriously, I was like, do I need to go? (laughs) But, um, It was between ibuprofen and occasionally I could get, I hate to say it, but like marijuana brownies, hot brownies. And it was like, you know, I wasn't, I'm a person who's not like totally into like a cloud in mind. Like I don't want to drink and smoke pot. And like, I'm not saying those things are bad. That's people's choice, but like, it wasn't my thing, but I just wanted physical pain relief. Didn't know how else to do that. The doctors were not taking me serious. But when I finally had gone back to a doctor again, after, I mean, about eight years, it was, I had the pain and the pain was to the point that it, that it was starting to really become impossible to hide. And it was, and it was not just during my period, it became, I would say 
I was, I would say I was lucky to get one good week a month. And so at that point I knew there was something seriously wrong. And, um, I actually posted a really crazy belligerent rant on Facebook. I was like, I am at my wits end. I don't know what to do. And a friend actually on the opposite coast had mentioned the word endometriosis. And I'm like, well, what is that? And she's like, I don't know, but maybe you should Google it. <laughs> you know? And so, <laughs> and so I did. And, I'll, and, I, and it came up with some generic list of 10 symptoms. And I had all 10 on like a regular basis. And I was like, oh. And so that's when I had gone to the doctor for the first time again after eight years and I said, I think I have endometriosis. And my doctor, she was like, oh, well. And I was like, I need to get a referral to an OBGYN. And she was like, oh, well, I am. That is actually my specialty. I'm just operating as a general practitioner at this time. And I was like, oh, can you be my OBGYN? And she was like, yes. And so at that time, I mean, I didn't know to ask questions. I didn't even know that endometriosis was a disease. I just knew it sounded like I had it. And so the two options she had offered me at that time was she was like, well, there's this surgery or there's this hormone option. And, and that was called Lupron Depot and not knowing any better. I was like, well, why would anyone? I mean, why would you not choose the least invasive, invasive option? Of course, I want the hormone if, if it's designed yeah. for endometriosis, you know? And so, yeah. unfortunately, I chose that. And, oh, man, it, like I had interstitial cystitis and it seemed to have exacerbated oh. that. Oh, it was my oh. biggest regret. I think it's, to this day, my biggest life regret to have consented to allowing that hormone to be put into my body um and after a couple of months of that it was a three-month dose I guess though I could feel it lasting for over a year in my body um I didn't go back for a second <laughs> but um I yeah. knew at that point I needed to start learning a little more about the, the disease and I learned that oh I hadn't even had a proper diagnosis yet <laughs> And, Mm -hmm. um, then I learned it was a disease. And so I attempted to go back to that same doctor to go, I think I need the surgery. I haven't, I don't even have a diagnosis. And she had, she wasn't willing to see me after that. She, I was too high risk. Yeah. And so at that point I was like, oh no, like, and I, and I, um, just spent, I don't know, I, I guess a few months, searching and searching for a more appropriate doctor in the area and no one was accepting new patients or if they were there was wait lists and the only doctor I kept coming across that had no wait list was one of the closest ones to my house like within a mile away from my house and I was like but I didn't feel totally confident in that doctor but I was like I need a referral to surgery Mm -hmm. at that time I didn't know the difference between surgery options (laughs) yeah but um all I knew was I needed a diagnosis first of all and uh that took four visits with him to convince him to to give me a referral to surgery and and the visits were horrific I mean I think I left like thoroughly traumatized from one of them it was like a three-hour visit where he had proceeded to do like 
STD testing, a transvaginal ultrasound, um, you know, the breast exams, uh, pregnancy tests. He did biopsies without anesthesia. Oh, thought oh my it was gosh. horrendous. I left, I left like trembling that day. I couldn't even, I was supposed to return to work and I could not physically work. I was like, I can't, I'm just in trauma mode. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I didn't give up. I went back to him again and I was like, I need surgery. And then the next visit was like an argument over the fact that he wanted me to take some sort of another type of birth control. And I objected to that like over 21 times. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he just wow. would not listen. And then he gave me a nice little prescription for naproxen. And I'm like, mm hmm. <laughs> If you know me and ibuprofen. <laughs> Thank you. I know. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being mm -hmm. so generous. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, the next time I go back, I'm going to have to come go to him with evidence, like with, with like solid, like research and grounds to ask for surgery. And so it took two more times of like bringing like random articles from the internet, um, small studies, because there weren't that many on endometriosis during that time. And finally, on my fourth visit, he was like, well, you might have it and gave me a referral to the local surgeon. Um, and so I had a surgery. Luckily, that surgeon does have training and experience in excision surgery and he has he was averaging I guess like I guess maybe 10 sur 10 surgeries a week for removal of endometriosis so it wasn't like the worst option but but I still mm -hmm. left uh, I ref I declined a hysterectomy at the time and I still left uh, mm -hmm. not totally confident in the removal of the disease um, though I did feel significant improvement um, because randomly I had a ton of adhesions on my intestines, which explains the digestive trouble. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so yeah. all of that has lifted for the most part. I mean, that was a world of difference. Um, my ovaries were like kind of bent and stuck to other things. And so that got all fixed. So I can feel that that was a major difference. Um, mm -hmm. but I still have other presentations of the disease in my body. I still have my uterus. So of course, on top of endometriosis, he did identify and, and say I had, I have adenomyosis as well. Um, mm -hmm. and sadly, I also have presentations of, I guess, diaphragm and thoracic endometriosis, which those, those regions wow. were not explored during that surgery. And mm. I'm working toward that. I have to get through the, um, I've been hesitant because I'm not really mentally ready for more surgery. I go, I go through grief, yeah. grieving, the cycle of grieving where I'm in denial and, you know, like, I don't want to do this yeah. again. And, I mean, I'm only just now be beginning to like regain, regain some of the strength in my body from that surgery. Like, and that's years yeah. ago, like at least two at yeah. this point. No, I hear you. Oh. I hear you. So where are you at? Like right now you're doing your diet. Um, and that's, and like you said, is that kind of where you're at? Just trying to manage yourself. Cause I do feel like the same thing. Like there's times where, and I had excision where I think, gosh, I'm still having these symptoms. Should I keep going back? But the yes. fight sucks. 
like to know to get mentally prepared that you have to go back and yeah. fight again it is draining. it's really just kind of bar- barbaric that like that like yeah. the diagnosis is surgery like isn't that kind of barbaric like if we're like what, yeah. in 2020 now and like the only way you can diagnose endometriosis yeah. is through a surgery like are yeah. you serious yeah <laughs> but yeah so where am I yeah. at now um this is where I'm at now can be can be seen as quite controversial because our um, American healthcare system is um, heavily dependent on I hate to use this this phrase but big pharma. We are always looking yeah. for the silver bullet, the one thing that will work, and if it takes more effort and money to invest in our health, we don't typically do that as a society our society does not value it in that way um and so for me I've um had to kind of shift that focus and I've been um using what is known as functional medicine and so Mm -hmm. um what that looks like is I've I rely a lot on complete blood work panels not the partial stuff that doctors typically do now um, conventional medical doctors would consider that to be wacky and bizarre and weird. Um, but they've actually been the most, um, insightful in terms of my health. Um, and I work with Mm -hmm. a functional medical doctor who looks at functional ranges as opposed to lab ranges to help, um, prescribe like treatment for that. Um, I also Mm -hmm. have had a few, hair tissue mineral analysis which looks at um, mineral and metal levels and the reason why that's important it isn't so much the metal I mean they say it is but it's the minerals because um, what I realized is when I first had that test the major minerals like magnesium sodium calcium and potassium on my test were all flatlined Oh, and wow. so then I also had a hormone test where I tested like ester- all the different estrogens, the testosterone, the serotonin, the dopamine, I, the cortisol, all those different things. And like all of those good hormones were also flatlined. Like I looked yeah. dead on paper and, yeah. and it explained why yeah. I was not feeling well at, when I first started this journey of functional medical healing. Um, and you know, now it's been two years, you know, it's been a long process. It's costed me, I don't know, maybe $4,000 at this point, $5,000. It's not cheap, but, um, I invest the money in my health because I value my health more than a car or like a Louis Vuitton bag. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know it's hard for a lot of Americans to wrap their heads around. I'm not bashing. Yeah. That's their choice. But I felt like crap. I wanted to get better. And so this is I had to shift my mindset to focus on that. And since I've been doing that for two years, those minerals have improved. My hormones are not flatlined. I do mentally feel better. My brain fog has shifted and lifted. I don't suffer with the depressive stuff. I don't have any anxiety anymore. I mean, I used to have debilitating anxiety wow. where I would literally drive a mile from work to go check the post office box and I could not park the car, go in and check my mail. I just had to go straight home and get in bed and wrap myself in my blankets like a human burrito. But now I don't have that. Yeah. I mean, 
And I used to think, oh, is it because I live in a smaller community? And so I would go visit the city and all my friends in there again. And I'm like, I don't have that anxiety anymore. And so I don't know. I mean, I can talk about this to my hair falls out but but the reality <laughs> is I'm like totally sold on the fact that like there is definitely a connection between our body's mineral levels and our body's hormones and there's no doubt in my mind yeah. with the standard American diet that we are not getting the minerals we need to have our hormonal health be what it should be I mean I feel like it does it's not just women with endometriosis I feel that are affected I feel like it's all women like women are like suffering yes. like stubborn weight loss and like fatigue and it's not just that we're busy like there's other things going on yeah and when you go talk to a medical doctor that's what you're told they don't I until I believed them and I kept getting sicker and I kept gaining weight I mean I I eventually got into the category of what was called overweight and which is unreal to imagine but I kept and I was going to the gym five days a week two hours a day yeah what I thought was healthy compared to most people but um yeah yeah so So crazy um I wanted to ask you uh, one last question because I know I don't want to take all this time but what do you envision the future for people with endometriosis in the future because I know it's like I don't know sometimes I feel like we're so stuck like we're not getting I know we're not seeing a lot of change as far as you know, doctors and stuff like that. What do you envision? What do you see coming ahead? Um, well, I definitely, I definitely want, I mean, I really think something that's not being spoken about in the endometriosis world and community, even by surgeons, even by the specialists is mm-hmm. something beyond just the re- physical removal of endometriosis. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's like, this other component that's like a driver to all of these other symptoms. Like, I feel like the removal of endometriosis tissue, I guess is, I don't know the right words for it, but um, I feel like that is just one symptom of something greater happening in the body. Like that, like that tissue is a pain generator. That is a symptom. But like, I feel like all these other symptoms we have, like what is driving the fatigue? What is driving the constipation? What is driving the heartburn, the insomnia, the mood swings, like whatever, I mean, everyone's are different, but like whatever that is, is that mechanism or whatever, I don't know what it is, but that's not being explored enough in my mind. That is like, women are unaware of it. Specialists are unaware of it. No one's talking about that. And that's, it's like, yeah, I can go get the best excision. I can go to the best one of the 200 recommended in the world surgeons and they can physically remove the endometriosis, but they haven't, Yeah, that doesn't seem to have, from what, from talking to other women, it, it doesn't seem like they've removed these other symptoms. Like, I feel like endometriosis is a symptom of something greater. Like, it's not yeah yeah it's like and still it's, like, the it's, it's a factor yeah of a bigger disease and and so like that's what I want to yeah. see like can we explore that can we not just get healing from the pain but from all those other symptoms that go with it like what is causing that yeah. that bigger picture I mean thanks for 
alleviating the pain, but like, you know, I, when a woman still has fatigue and weight gain, stubborn weight gain and can't eat anything. I mean, is that really a quality of life? Like seriously? Like, I mean, I don't know. Right. That, so that's what I want to see. Can we start having those conversations, please? <laughs> Uh, Yeah, totally, though. And that's why I want to keep doing this is because I think that, I mean, I've talked to people, too, that were like, Mm -hmm. well, you had a decision. You should be all better. I mean, the first question I had family say was now, are you all better? And it's like, no, I'm not. And and I think that's such a I don't know. I think it's so dangerous to say that's the only thing that's going to cure you because it's not, you know, I feel like we all definitely need excision. But I feel like I feel like the the researchers behind all of this needs to look at a bigger picture and it, and everything needs to be considered mm-hmm. as a whole, like not, not parts. Like, I mean, I spent, I mean, I went to a gastroenterologist for one thing. I went to a dermatologist for another. I went to a psychiatrist for another. I went, you know, and it's like all of this stuff. When you look at it, there's gotta be a greater mechanism driving it. Like I'm not crazy and yeah. I'm not, I'm not really sick from eating food. What is causing that? Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's just my theory, but. (laughs) No, I think it's, I think it's, I don't know. I agree with you. I totally agree with you because I think there is more. There is more. And there's, I wish I could go back to college and do it. I would. I wanted to ask. I totally. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I think that all the time. <laughs> um, I wanted to give you the opportunity and, and if you're not comfortable, we'll just cut it out, but, um, to put in your like Instagram or anything else where you, cause I do, I feel like you give me a lot of things to think about when you post. So if you're willing to so share that, on, with I others. do have an Instagram account. I recently made it private not for any reason other than I found a lot of people were um, using the account to, to post um, other things, you know, whether it's related Uh to their like porn accounts or (laughs) I know, or um, their small businesses. (laughs) And I didn't really want to be the driver of someone else's business. I mean, sorry yeah I'm I'm in support of people trying to make an extra dollar but not for free and off of me like no thanks like yeah that was the case I would wear Nike on my t-shirt every day so my Instagram account it I will typically add anyone who requests to join it's I don't I'm not again I mean anyone can be added to my account but I will also remove anyone if there is a trouble you know but um yeah but i'm not hiding anything there's nothing to hide i just have it private so that i don't get spammed but i'm known as on endometriosis as inevitably fierce so it should, i think it's inevitably yeah underscore fierce underscore fierce and i'll put it in the notes um just cuz i do think that especially when you started posting about the copper and all that stuff. It's just so fast. Yeah. It's something I've never had heard before. So I I'm going to share cool more to share about the copper more information. and also more about the thyroid. Because I think there's a little connection there that I'm starting to mm. see. But I'm waiting on more lab yeah, tests. Yeah, totally. First. Gosh. Yeah, it's all very it's cool. All bad, very, very it's cool. Proven. It's not, I'm not just making things up. I actually have labs to show all this. <laughs> 
yes. you're myself, researching. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're really doing with your own on yourself. Yes. Yeah, but that's how we all learn. So I really Aww. just can't thank you yeah, enough for, for coming on today and sharing your story. And I don't know, just sharing so many other things about endometriosis. Definitely. I'm I glad we that all can you learn about. are actually making this podcast so that else can have access to it I mean it is nice to be able to listen as opposed to having to read all the time (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad because all I'd like to do is talk that's that's my easy way of sharing is I can talk all day long but reading or writing forget it (laughs) all right well have a awesome day I hope you feel good and I will talk to you soon bye okay thanks